0: Welcome to the 38th episode of the Turp Talk Young Turps podcast, presented by Viner Forgets. This is your host, Mason the Infant Viner, and your co-host Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we'll be talking Dustin Clark's retirement, the Jordan McNair, Maryland football players GoFundMe, The Terps have landed, a JUCO transfer Amon McCullough, and and which one is worse in the Battle of the Titans. Debbie Yao or Kevin Anderson.
1: Well, actually, before all that, I think we need to pat ourselves in the back a little bit in that the Caps have won the Stanley Cup final.
0: Yes, they have. Congratulations to the Washington Capitals and all of their fans. We know many of you guys that listen are fans. And. Really? Well, we're fans too. Well, yeah, we're huge fans.
1: We can't go without mentioning that. I also want to say the Caps and the Wizards actually are unique in that. They unite Northern Virginia, Maryland, and Baltimore in a way that no other teams can because they, are, they belong to all of us.
0: Yes, they do. And if you are a Capitals fan in any way, there was a segment put up on TerpTalk.com with Wayne, Bruce, and Joe Ben and Beninati. If you're a hockey fan or a Caps fan, you should really listen to it. It was truly one of the best segments, I think, that has been done on the show's long tenure.
1: Well, with that out of the way, we turn to, uh, just by default, murkier waters in Maryland analytics.
0: Yes, Dustin Clark, the Maryland basketball former director of basketball operations, turned into a full assistant coach, mainly a recruiter, has retired and will be moving back to Texas to go back to work with a family business.
1: Well, this is interesting in that Dustin Clark wasn't fired. He didn't leave for another job. He just It seems like he just decided that he was done coaching, and you don't see that
0: very often. No, you don't, but it, in my mind, is a respectable thing to go back to do. I'm not bashing it at all. I mean, he didn't leave for anything, and I've met Dustin on a few occasions, known him since that he was the director of the basketball operations. He's always been nice to the Turf Talk family. He's always seemed like a really nice guy, and he's landed in Maryland some decent players.
1: Yeah, that's his main role, is he recruited Kevin Herter, Anthony Cowan, Bruno Fernando. He, he's a very talented recruiter, but I don't think Maryland needs more recruiters, and that's where the next guy comes in. He has been replaced with former head of basketball op- operations and former coach of James Madison and Marist, Matt Brady.
0: Yeah, Matt Brady, I got a chance to meet him at the end of last season. He was not a full coach at that time. He explained his position as a guy that just tries to help out where he can, now he'll move to a more permanent role in the organization, stepping up to being a full-time assistant coach. I think he's capable, more of a basketball guy. He seemed like a turgeon guy, though, and I don't really think that will appeal to many Maryland fans.
1: Well, the thing with Matt Brady that interests me is that he is not a young man. No. And I'm surprised he accepted the offer to be an assistant coach. I just kind of thought he was just kind of hanging around. But now he's got a full-time job, and it's just weird to me a little
0: bit. Yeah, so did I. Really late addition to last year's staff, he was, and it seemed for a while that he was sticking around. This could be the end of his career, or just something to keep on his resume, just to keep saying that he's been part of big programs. But now he's stepping into a more full-time role. It seemed like he liked Maryland a lot. And, you know, I've always it at the end of a long-term guy that they really want to find somewhere, especially if they moved around a lot, that they can just stay and finish out their career.
1: As Mason alluded to earlier, um, Matt Brady is certainly more of a strategy guy than a recruiter type, and I think that's
0: good for us. So do I. It will definitely help in replacing Cliff Warren. The staff also lost Nima Omanvar, a guy that I thought was really good. But moving forward, it's up in the air as usual.
1: Well, I hope that we can find someone who can close out guys. Like I said, Matt Not Matt Brady, excuse me. Justin Clark really had most of our biggest recruits on his resume, but we certainly wish him the best going forward, and um, that wraps up his career in Maryland, I guess.
0: Yes, it does. Now on to a brighter note and a game that I'm really looking forward to. This Labor Day at the newly opened Audi Field for DC United, Maryland and Virginia will play in front of the 20,000-seat stadium. On Labor Day
1: well I'm more excited i know, I like Maryland soccer, and I think Virginia's also really good, so it's going to be a good game, but I'm really more excited to have to go to Audi field,
0: yeah, so am i the d c United do not really interest me
1: i I might head out to a game there what soon anyway, so I can go see it before I go back to college in north Dakota, but i'm you you will get to see it as a home in a home
0: game more or less. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting mix of fans. I'm interested to really see the attendance of the game. Well, I, I think... I didn't know this was
1: actually happening until you told me. So I think they need to promote this game a little bit more. And I'm sure they will at football games, but they need to get the word out. Because this could be a sellout, but it also could be a 5,000 people event.
0: I don't think 5,000. I think more like 8, 9, 10. But there were pictures on Fox 5, and you can search it up. It was an exclusive look at Audi Field. The end zones there are just ridiculously steep.
1: Well, that's a soccer thing. You know that's a soccer thing.
0: Yeah, but steep, steep, and the stadium overall looked really good. I'm excited to see it, and yes, this does give us an excuse to go out there, cover it, get to see the press box, and, you know, give you guys a look at the stadium, that will be coming up after the Terps and Texas game.
1: Well, I think that one of the more interesting applications, this isn't really Maryland-related, but I think it could be cool, is if they use Audi for concerts. Because D.C. needs another concert venue. I think you agree on that, Mason.
0: Yes, given our recent trip to the D.C. venue, Jiffy Lube Live. Yes,
1: the quote, D.C. venue. That was two
0: hours for us. Yeah, two hours on a Friday going down there. Um, yeah, it's going to have multiple uses, but this is a Maryland podcast, and the Terps are playing game there. And so. to wrap
1: things up on Audifield, remember the term D.C. needs a concert venue for later. Just trust me, remember that I said that.
0: Okay. Um, Now on to a sad note. In the Maryland football family, Jordan McNair, an offensive lineman, sustained an injury at a team workout that was, quote, life-threatening. His family has now set up a GoFundMe page that has already exceeded its $20,000 goal to help the family through the troubling times that they are now facing. And we'll put a link to that in the description to this podcast on both Terp Talk and Podomatic, so if you guys want to donate to that, that will be there. Well, if
1: you look at the donors in the GoFundMe page, you see a lot of Maryland players donating, fellow players and former players, and it's just really heartwarming to see the community step up so much. Um. Also, as so it's on record, we are almost at $24,000 at the $20,000 goal.
0: That's always good to see. There
1: have been some huge donations, though. I've seen some anonymous ones that are like $2,000. I don't know who's giving $2,000, but yeah, whoever you are, thank you. That's, that's really amazing.
0: Yes, it is. And now continuing on the Maryland football news, they picked up a junior college commit and signee for this next season, Amon McCullough. An interesting story that starts at Mount St. Joe's.
1: Well, Ahmad McCullough is an inside linebacker from Mount St. Joe's, as you said, in Baltimore. He didn't have the grades to get into a D1 school, so he went to a JUCO college out in Kansas, and now he's back in Maryland. The headline part of this, though, is he's a 2018 player, not 2019.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be important. Look, inside linebacker, big hole spot for this team. Jermaine Carter Jr., now gone. Shane Cockrell's gone, too. He helped where he could. Big-time tackler for Maryland, now gone. It's a spot where we're going to need someone, something.
1: We're going to need someone to step up here. and Yeah, and we're gonna, I like, mean,
0: the... the guy that they got from Illinois is looking like the number one guy here. This guy definitely has an opportunity at a D1 school now.
1: Well, in our defensive scheme, we both know you need linebackers to perform
0: well. Yeah, because in this scheme, there are two interior linemen, a stand-up and... That is generally like a linebacker. I think it was Chandler Burkett and Jesse Andy Bodum. An anchor side, which is a down lineman on the other side, the the weak side of the defense. A setup of two inside linebackers. So what you get is a two-four-five. Right, it's two-four-five. You we were trying to remember the name earlier. And I'm got- not completely sure about that, because they do have some different packages where they have a third down lineman. And they'll take some guys out of the secondary. When they're trying to stop the run, they'll change the scheme. But their base package, and this is why they've struggled a little bit against the power run, is because they only have two down linemen, making the linebackers the most bulk position on this team. And something that they really haven't been able to recruit, in my opinion, at the level they need to to run the scheme.
1: Well, this is DJ Durkin's weird science experiment scheme, in my opinion.
0: Um, Well, it's not. It's an Andy Boo scheme that has been everywhere that Andy Boo has gone.
1: Really? So, well, DJ Durkin, as we all know, was defensive coordinator of Florida than Michigan. That's an interesting thing that he's not running his scheme.
0: There are definitely pieces of the Durkin scheme in it. I'm not going to say that he's completely out of the def- defensive question. But it's definitely an Andy Boo scheme. Like, the setup has been known for Andy Boo. Well, I came back to Ahmad McCullough. He's rented a three-star Juco transfer. Look, that's a big thing for me. That guy will be in the game. If he can prove something in practice and work out... He will be in the game. I know that Durkins love to run Shane Cockrell and Jermaine Carter from the time that the game is 0-0, zero to zero, from the time the game is either close, they're down by 60, they're down by whatever, or they're up by whatever. They're running the number one guys through there unless they're winning by a crazy amount or at the, in case at the end of the season if they're losing by a lot.
1: And that has always been a concern for me that they're running yeah, against I, the crowd.
0: I've never loved that. I've never loved the fact that they love running... It was specifically it was Jermaine Carter, for every down in the game. There's you got to establish a rotation. Look, Jermaine was by far the best inside linebacker they had last year, but maybe now they'll try and run some more guys through there.
1: Well, I hope so, especially since we lack a true number one in the inside linebacker position. I don't think that's
0: true. I think this guy they pulled in from Illinois can be the true number one for the season.
1: All right, um, one last note before we get into our main debate here. Um, Josh Woods, Maryland defensive back, assigned to of the Chicago Bears, at this point in time, it's not likely he'll make the roster considering how late he was signed, but it's always
0: good to see him at least having a chance. You know, I'm pleasantly surprised. Over the time that Josh played at Maryland, we got a lot of chances to interview him, a lot of chances to talk to him, and he loves football. That's the one thing you could really get from him. He might not have been the best player. He definitely was not the best player. But he loved football. He loved the game. He really wanted to try it at the next level, and now he's getting that chance. And a lot of people are... Extra surprise that he's even out there right now in an NFL roster because he struggled through the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is generally a place where if a guy struggles, they're really not going to get the chance in the NFL. All
1: right, now for our main feature. Now, both of these athletic directors, and Debbie and Turner Anderson, definitely did good things. We want to say that now. We we'll want to get them the record that they both did good things, and we will bring that up. But we are going to—they dis- both did damage, is what we're saying. And we need to decide who did more damage to the Maryland Athletic Department. Mason, anything to add before we get started?
0: All current contracts, current payments, payments that were made to fired coaches will be included in the following non-paid programming.
1: (laughs) And everything (laughs) they built. That
0: will become very relevant in Debbie Yow's perspective. In one corner, representing Kevin Anderson, the host of the Turf Truck Networks podcast, Mason the Intern Miner. And in the other corner, representing current NC State Athletic Director and former NC State Athletic Director, the co-host of the Turf Talk Young Turfs podcast, Jordan Viner. Round one, what they built. Begin.
1: Um, can I just have a question real quick? What backwater school is Kevin Anderson at now? Because he is somewhere. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's like at UC Irvine.
0: And the internet has told the truth. He is at Cal State Northridge. So upper-handed Debbie Yao, in the, in the current jobs.
1: All right, what they built. Want to go first, Mason?
0: Yeah, let's just li- list it out. Kevin Anderson's main project, obviously the new Cole field house, and we'll give him the stadium upgrades to Maryland Stadium.
1: And Xfinity Center.
0: And Xfinity Center, yeah.
1: Yeah, he has done some good things. Debbie Yao. Her buildings, they are important. I will give her that, but they also I feel like did more harm than good. So we have Xfinity Center, which cost almost a hundred million dollars, but doesn't have the facilities for concerts or ice hockey.
0: Look, ice hockey, and that I'm not not getting into.
1: Well, I feel like there is some potential. You could at least have like tournament games there or something, or like have the Maryland State Ice Hockey Championships there.
0: Nah. Aisaki costs a lot.
1: Aisaki does cost a lot. I will give her credit for that. That was a cost-saving move with Aisaki. Concerts is unacceptable.
0: Yeah, obviously they are unacceptable.
1: Um, and then, Tyser Tower. Tyser Tower needed to be built. I'll give her credit for that. They need to put a new press box in. And they needed suites. They did not need to build what my father, <laughs> Wayne Binder, the co-host of Trope Talk, would later name the USS Terrapin. And that looks like a cruise ship just kind of slapped on top of the foundation. But they still need to be built. They know that maybe they need that many, but they need to be done.
0: I'll agree. But to start off the real argument, Kevin Anderson obviously has the upper hand here.
1: I'll let you go. Given
0: the financial condition of the university at the time of his start of his tenure to the end of his tenure, building the one building... Raising the money to build said building from both university money and donors, donors' money obviously gives them the upper hand over the woman that bankrupted the University of Maryland. Okay, the bankrupting
1: of, of the— Athletic uni- department. The okay, department. yes. Yeah, but I also I need to add, she also built Gossip f- team house, I believe. Um, yes, the financial state of the university was abysmal at her departure, but it wasn't like it was great before either. But I I'm not I wasn't alive when she was hired. I do not know before extremely well. But I do know that the athletic department was not in good state when she was hired either. We were coming off the Len Bias... Um, I don't want to call it a scandal, but Len Bias episode. Our, our entire program's were in a mess. Maryland was just coming off their ban from the NCAA tournament. Like, there was a disaster all around. And I don't like Debbie out necessarily, but I will say... We won a lot of stuff when she was here. We won 17 titles under the WL era in 16 years. And yes, those weren't in prestige sports, except for men's and women's basketball, of course. But they are, they're a success there. Yeah, there's financial ruin, but under Kevin Anderson, we have really had some bad contracts and
0: bad coaches. Okay. But at the end of the day, the new Coalfield House will push the Maryland Football Initiative Further to making this university profitable with the sport that can it can be profitable in. This project that was started under Kevin Anderson will provide premier athletic training facilities for the student-athletes and on the other side of it, the university side, will provide leading research for the whole University of Maryland medical system, meaning... Involving Towson and UMBC, it also has the potential at the end of the day to include a much-needed new Ludwig Field, the soccer and track facilities for the school. It's it's obvious to me because the failures are not there, or at least not there yet, because we don't know the oh. end result.
1: Oh, okay. The end
0: result is not known. What this project's the- future is compromised. They have the main part of it. They have the football practice facility. And the next stage was now started, which is the university part of the building.
1: Okay, here's. You said there's no failures. Where Debbie L. hired Ralph Region. And no, it did not go perfect under Ralph. But Kevin Anderson made the damning mistake. Oh, we're of talking hiring. about building. This is round one. We
0: were talking about buildings. Do you want to move to the next round and accept defeat, Jordan?
1: Okay, I'll accept defeat on that. Cole. Cole is good, and the renovations text Tex Center and Birch Stadium, Maryland Stadium, excuse me. I will give you round one. Okay, coaching
0: hires. Here we go now. Here round we go. two. Coaching hires and current and former contracts. We had yes, Debbie had
1: nothing perfect. She hired Ron Linen, which didn't go perfect in her football.
0: Then she hired perfect. Burf-Rijic. It didn't. It didn't go perfect. It didn't go well, Jordan. It didn't go well. The only thing that it provided was the team that led us to the promise. Okay, and here
1: we go with Ralph. We had I will lift them off, Orange Bowl. Chick-fil-A Bowl, Gator Bowl, Chair Sports Bowl, and a very satisfying um, military bowl win. We had success in football under Ralph,
0: and the fair amount of two and ten. But we like.
1: had and two, two, two ten. We had one two and ten season. We had much more success than we did failure. We also she also hired Brenda Freeze, who brought Maryland basket women's basketball into a championship and a golden age.
0: Look it. it before Chris Weller was a good coach. I feel like this is lost on many fans' perspective that Chris Weller was a good coach. He Brenda, that- Brenda, well, she did bring the championship and currently competes regularly for Final Fours. I'm not going to say that she competes for championships.
1: No, she's not the UConn, South Carolina, and Mississippi
0: State punching level, no. Those are the current teams, but yeah, obviously not the UConn level. Look, there's, there's an obvious upper hand. Just because of the Mark Chargent con- contract. And the Edsel hiring. Edsel hiring set us back years. Look, I'm not even gonna try and defend this. This is like when you, you know, do some protect punches and go down early. <laughs> but just to say, DJ Durkin, the future is bright. Mark Turgeon is not a complete failure. This program was in a wreck with Gary Williams.
1: <gasps> Net was not in a wreck. He had a bad season to end his career. Two seasons! No, two. no. Two, he left in 2011. 2010. Twelve. No, 11. It was 2011. I he had be- a bad season, but he didn't. He didn't protect the future. He had. He gave. Okay, no, he didn't do great future farming. And yeah, he kind of. As much as I love Gary, and I wish he was next athletic director, as I've heard some early rumors of that. I mean, early rumors, as so in early in the 80s search, not current, currently applicable rumors. He did struggle down the stretch of his career. I will grant him that he stopped recruiting, and there's a strong argument to be made that he didn't do all parts of his job.
0: So, from the era that Mark Trojan was hired, and it took him a while to pick it up, I'll give it that, Maryland has been pretty good. They've been okay.
1: Pretty good. No, they have been okay. Because in his seven seasons, we made the tournament how many times, Mason? Three. Three. That's less than
0: half. Look, I don't want to hear it. I lose this round. Randy Etzel did it in. Look, well, let, me, let, me let me give you something right now. And this is against me. I'll give it that. Randy Etzel was the biggest mistake that Kevin Anderson made in his career. Yes. Football is the main profit sport. Even here, yes, that's still true. So to set a team back with a man that like him, hate him, whatever he did wrong. Or, or what he
1: did right for that matter.
0: Yeah. He did put fans in the seats when they were good. He did compete for an ACC championship the season before he was fired. The same season that he was fired at the end of. They won a bowl game with fans there. And fans there just to thank that man for what he's done for this university's football program. And that right there says it all. Ralph Friedgen needed to be extended. I'm not saying because of the academic whatever Yahoo was going on there. Or what was happening in the rest of the team. They were good. Danny O'Brien needed to take the next step, but he needed the same coaching staff to do it because Randy Etzel failed him. Randy Etzel failed that year. There was the biggest F that I think I've ever seen with a coach on the season of 2011 that started with promise and ended with complete 2-10 and 10 failure where they should have fired him right there and then because that team, they were joking in the press conferences about a Heisman Trophy in the future. Yeah, About BCS Bowl, not appearances, not the Orange Bowl appearance, the Orange Bowl win. And right there, that is the most disappointed that I've been with the Maryland football team. It's not injury, did not affect it. There were eight quarterback injuries. They came out. They played well. Then they played slightly worse. And then they lost to Temple. Tem- they lost to Temple by 31 points. That is one of the only games, Maryland football games, that I've left early. And I know this is for another day because, you know, we have a Randy Etzel podcast planned. But that's just it. That's the end of the conversation. Round two to Jordan. All right. I don't know how fair it is to give us rounds here because neither of us
1: really like these athletic directors, I don't think. I mean, Kevin Anderson we met a few times. He's really nice, but he didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed Kevin Anderson's tenure. It ended poorly, but I did enjoy it.
1: So, for the final category... We have overall legacy. What is the Kevin Anderson legacy, Mason? This is a really hard question to answer. I'll give it that, too. It is
0: because of where we are right now. I'll break it down. They won championships in men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, and field hockey. The baseball team, the baseball program was saved.
1: Yeah, I forget about baseball. I often forget baseball kind of exists, but you're right. He made some great hires from baseball.
0: Um, he added back some of the sports that were lost during the Debbie Yao era. The new Coalfield House, I think, will ultimately be his legacy. He hired John Tillman; that is his best hire, and he saved the program from bankruptcy and joined the Big Ten. So, he made the moves necessary that people did not enjoy to protect the integrity of the program, the financial integrity. The Big Ten. Look, this is this is my main question for everybody that listens to this podcast, and I would actually like to see it a little bit in the comment section, if. There was a letter sent out to you as somebody that was on Maryland's list of alumni, graduate, Terrapin Club donors that said, I need X amount of dollars from you to save this program from having to move to the Big Ten. Would you give them that money? And then that is when you can either talk one way or the other.
1: Okay, I was going to say, we're going to have an ACC. We're going to look back at the Big Ten move. This is one of our biggest podcast plans is to look back at the Big Ten move, honestly. And it's going to be an emotional podcast. We'll promise you that. So, Debbie Young's legacy is one of success on the field and failure off the field.
0: I don't think that's true.
1: Right, let me explain myself, then we can get into that. She won 17 championships. Or, I'm sorry, the program won 17 championships under her tenure. Yes, four of them were competitive cheer. None of them were in, One of them was a revenue-generating sport in men's basketball. Lacrosse didn't do very well. She kind of, she, she made the mistake of merging the future for the present. She the twenty seven sports one team movement ended catastrophically for us. It almost bankrupted, almost bankrupted the whole university. Honestly, it was a terrible move in the retrospect. But you didn't know that at the time. You were happy we had a lot of sports. We were competing in a lot of sports. We were winning stuff. We were ranked in the SI top twenty athletic programs multiple, multiple times under her seventeen years. She hired Kathy Reese, which is her most successful hire from on the field perspective. I know Ralph probably did more for the program and the. Whole department as a whole, but Kathy Reese is one of the best coaches in Maryland history, if not the best coach already. There is a lot of success that she had, but the failures off the field, I feel like, can't mask the success
0: on the field. No, I'll agree with that. I think Anderson is better. And I'll tell you why.
1: It's a really hard question to answer, but yeah. Look, nobody
0: likes Anderson, and I'm giving you right now because of the Mark Turgeon contract. We like Anderson. We just don't think he was successful. But you have to look at it from his eyes as a businessman. Because when you're talking business, the Big Ten offered money that the ACC did not, and that's the bottom line. There's no saving the program. What could have you seen as financially viable? The two sports.
1: Okay, Mason, save it for the for the big maybe one. five. Because I, of
0: just the rules of the government,
1: I will understand. I will admit, and we will. Like I said, this is a full podcast in the future. I will admit that he did what might have had to be done.
0: Might have might have had might to be done. Have. They asked the people for money. They did not provide. End of story. You're in debt, Jordan. It's it's a school, whatever. It's a, it's a university that provides opportunities through the NCAA with, with the kids that accept the opportunities. But at the end of the day, you borrow money and it's owed back and it's owed back to the line of the university. Our university, our state, at the end of the day, the money, if they have to follow it all the way back to Larry Hogan's desks, then they will. If people don't play games, when you're in debt, you're in debt. That's one thing that you learn in a finance class. Okay. This isn't that Big Ten movie exclusively, Mason. (laughs) But that's what it's going to come down to. Because I know that every person out here is going to say, Anderson moved him to the Big Ten, end of the story, he ruined all that stuff. He did what had to be done. The ACC did not want to provide to its member.
1: Yeah, you know, the irony here, and yeah, we, like I said, the still full podcast, but the irony here is ACC's payouts have increased dramatically in the last few years, and if we stayed, we might have been able to make it out, and it really hurts a lot of people that that's the case. I know it actually hurts you, too, Mason.
0: Yeah, but they didn't do it then. That's, that's the yeah. It's a business move. It's a business. It's bottom line is to provide the university with financial help, and look at these sports. They make universities tons of money. They put up the buildings that... The kids that want to go to actual school, they're learning. You don't always need big donors to do things if your sports provide. And, this, and that's what he had to do. That is what he had to do this because Debbie Yale what? had the chance. No. 17,000 were going to those basketball games. Fourteen, five, and 17,000. 17,000, 950. 950. We're going. We're attending the basketball game. We're buying soda we're buying hamburgers, hot dogs and chicken baskets Gordon. <laughs> they were giving them money that they threw at the other way. There's one in one in one pocket into the other pocket and into the, the bank. bank's pocket. Okay, that's here. how things were working. Okay, this, this. Look, look. I, I know that you want to say 27 sports. No, 20. no, hold up. Hold the up. conference Stop. is the to- <laughs> Blame for it, and Debbie Yao was the one that put them in that position. She did not realize that the then, conference would not provide if they were in financial trouble. Instead, she kept pushing on because she was obsessed with the non-revenue sport. When at the end of the day, everybody that's a real sports fan, I don't care if you played a non-revenue sport or not, you know who pays the bills around there, and that's football and men's basketball. End of the story. The rest of them, this is if they any- weren't for the government, would not exist.
1: It's not the end of the story, though, because here's the next question. Kevin Anderson has dropped Maryland's attendance through the floor. That's by his hires. That is what That happened. is part of his responsibility then. His responsibility as a director, yes, a lot of it is safe his job mostly was to save the pro the, the programs. Yes, I know. But if you move
0: past that, it's not too good. Look, Darkin might be able to save his whole life in this look, the book's closed on Debbie Yao.
1: The book isn't closed with Kevin Anderson yet. And that's no. what makes it so hard.
0: And that's, I think that's where we need to leave this as a tie. Because if Durkin works out, then Anderson's obviously better. But if he doesn't, then it's... Then it's, it's over. Yao yeah, probably wins.
1: It's, it's really strange, because he... They both did a lot of things right, but at the end of the day, it all is on if Kevin Anderson's one potentially
0: great hire want to I want right. to go back on a point that I said. The rest of the sports would exist if the rest of the team were successful, But I'm saying at the end of the day, as a business, if it weren't for all the rules that the university followed, if it was really about making money, there would be two sports that existed.
1: Probably. Okay, so I guess now we almost have to say that we're doing the ACC Big Move podcast next.
0: Yes, yeah, we will, and that will really wrap this one up. Well, not really. I mean, if Durkin works out, I think we give it to Anderson.
1: <laughs> I will agree. If Durkin works out, i give it to Anderson, and next week we have the—we've fin- been playing this one for a while— we're moving up in the schedule now by default, I guess. ACC Big Ten move is next.
0: All right. That's going to do it for this podcast. Another long one, Jordan, and that's episode Another 38. Another one
1: screaming, too.
0: We would like to thank our sponsor, Viner 4Gates, for all your IT solutions and business consulting. You can check out Viner 4 Gates on the web at www.viner4gates.com. And that's going to do it for this podcast. Next week, ACC versus Big Ten. Jordan will most likely take the ACC because Jordan loves the ACC. Is that is – that, can that we confirm is, that? that? Is, All right. That is correct. Mason, Big Ten, Jordan, ACC next week on the podcast. And as always, thanks for listening.